boy Shelby with the Rant Reloaded uh, doing a special broadcast pre-verdict uh, from the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trials. Uh, I'm joined with Tim Fowerty. Fowerty, uh, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I keep butchering your name. I'm not good with names. I do apologize. Uh, Tim is a good friend of mine. He's uh, also a social media presence with his own broadcast. Uh, and he actually lives in Wisconsin. So uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on again. Hey, uh, we, we always have fun when you come on. Yeah? Just like we just spent the, what, the last hour trying to figure out what was wrong with the audio feeds? Oh, troubleshooting. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> Anyway, getting to the uh, the crooks of things. Uh, so, Tim, I understand. Uh, I, I I believe it was you. Who to- well, it was you who told me earlier. Apparently, the uh, the information actually from these trials that are going to the people in Minnesota is limited compared to what the rest of the nation is seeing. Uh, yes, right here in Wisconsin. Um, especially in their local area, um, for various reasons, there are um, there is some some like sort of like a information bottleneck. We're actually hearing more things from people online across the nation than we are from our own people right here in Wisconsin. Now, a lot of times that's to be expected, and it's especially in this kind of a case where this is a high prof- profile lawsuit. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's not necessarily like a, well, a class lawsuit, action, but yeah, we get what you mean. But it, it is, it, it is a, 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 it's, it's high profile right. and it's high profile Very. because it's a lot of attention and a lot of nationwide decisions are hanging on this. Now that's, that's a point of contention. A lot of people are probably, you know, wondering about, and the, the thing that is the most disturbing to me is, um, the fact that yes, they are information bottlenecking here in Wisconsin. Everything I've heard has not come from sourcing within Wisconsin. Everything I've heard about this trial has come from things I hear on TikTok from people in Tennessee or New York or other social media platforms around the nation. I don't hear a single snippet from any of the radio stations locally or even any of the, the news stations locally. They're not saying very much. They're, they're basically giving the brass taxes, this is what's happening, but they're not talking about too much of the actual behind the scenes of the trial. I'm hearing more of that from outside. Um, personally, I've had a stake in this just because I've been, I've been working behind the scenes myself to try to give uh, Rittenhouse aid because I, I believe his innocence, personally. Um, and the reason why I believe that is I mean, yeah, we all saw the videos. We all saw what happened. But there are a few key points to, to touch on, and they touched on these things within uh, within the trial, but then there's one that, that uh, um, they didn't mention at all. Um, and these are points of law, and others are points of, uh, well, circumstances. Right, right. What- and, and definitely we're going to get into all that. Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, now, I saw some uh, live video from in front of the courthouse today. Uh, obviously, this has national implications as to 
our right to bear arms, our right to defend ourselves and our homes and our families and our personal beings. Um, but what is the uh, what is the general attitude or atmosphere there actually in Wisconsin? I know you're not physically in Kenosha, but Wisconsin in general, what's the what's the atmosphere surrounding this trial there? Um, <laughs> that my, my friend is, uh, what most people would see as a loaded question, but for me, it's just a complex answer to give. And the complexity of this answer is straightforward in some aspects and others pretty murky. The, the straightforward aspect of it is nobody wants this to go bad. That's the straightforward portion of it. Nobody here in Wisconsin really wants this to go bad. And when I when I say that nobody here in Wisconsin wants it is because all of these BLM protesters and Antifa types that you see out there are either from one area of Wisconsin or they're from outside of Wisconsin. And I'm leaning more towards the latter on that one because Kenosha is so close to Chicago that every single one of these people that are protesting and, and wanting Kyle Rittenhouse to get a guilty verdict on this are probably from Chicago, just like a lot of the rioters on the night of the incident were from Chicago. They were not from Wisconsin. I mean, there might have been, might have been a couple from Wisconsin, but there was largely a lot of people that were not from Wisconsin at those riots and burning down buildings and all of that. So right. the straightforward side of it is, there are very few people that actually are citizens of Wisconsin that want this to go down in a manner where it's going to cause any kind of backlash, whether it's future legal battles for our right to bear arms or if it's burning down buildings. You know, we don't want any of that. We wish this whole thing would just go away. But then there's the murky side of things where we know this is going to end up being pardon my French, a shit fight. Right. We know that we understand this and I'm pretty sure that the sheriff's department down there understands this because as I notified you before the show, I tried calling them um, four or five times just to get a statement from them stating what they were actually planning on doing. Not like battle plans or anything like that, but just a, just a general statement. Hey, we're, we're going to be out in force. We're going to be, you know, patrolling the streets and, and making sure everything stays calm. Once the verdict comes out, that's all I was really wanting to hear from these people. Basically seeing if they were prepared in case the situation does escalate. Yeah, either prepared or even, or I did. That, which makes perfect sense. I mean, we've, uh, we've seen cities, uh, we've seen cities, particularly Kenosha, literally burn. I mean, uh, that's what started this entire fiasco of a trial was the burning of Kenosha. So, I mean, and uh, this young man who was reasonably in fear for his life from the evidence and the testimony that I've seen and heard uh, is being being declared a murderer. In the meantime, a person who is guilty of domestic violence, guilty of uh, of uh, holding a woman against her will as well as a man who was convicted on, 
I think it is four counts of child molestation on boys. Uh, and I don't, I, I know the third one has some kind of criminal background. I haven't really looked into it, but they're lauding these people as heroes. And these are the people that were destroying the city of Kenosha. And the, the strange part I find here is they were not actually members of BLM, but BLM is out there in support of them. Okay. Uh, uh, so here's, Here's where that kind of gets gets tied together into to larger politics of of what was going on last year at the point in time of this this you know incident. What what happened all across the country right before you started seeing all of these um these riots? And I'm not talking about the the um the the knee on the neck incident. I'm talking about what happened right before even that. We had COVID nineteen. Well, what was something we heard slipping around in the news, and it didn't get a whole lot of press coverage, but we heard it. We heard about it happening with several governors around the country releasing people from prison due to COVID-19 concerns. Right. Correct. That's where a lot of these people are coming from. That's where a lot of these, these people that are committing crimes or getting themselves shot by people like you know Mr. Rittenhouse, who are who were only out there to render assistance on the, at the very point of the reason why he was out there, he carried a medical bag. Okay. And it was very clearly. Exactly. If you can give me just a minute, let me point out. Yes, he was out there to carry assistance. And I know the, uh, the prosecution in this case has stated several times. Well, if he's out there to offer assistance, why is he carrying an AR 15? Okay. Let's look at the fact. He's in a hostile area where people are rioting and setting things on fire. Does he not have a, should he not feel secure? Should he not have the means to defend himself if necessary? Did you know that the driver of an ambulance is always carrying a firearm? Really? No, I did not. I was unaware of that fact. They are are actually required to carry a pistol. Wow. It doesn't always have to be them but it's in the cab of that truck now there's a reason for that and that reason for and the reason for that goes back to world war ii this is what this is all about this is about rewriting history brother everything that we've seen in the past 24 months and everything that we saw from the obama administration is geared towards rewriting history this goes back to the geneva convention about the treatment of field medics on the battlefield right that if you red and white cross Okay, that that white cross surrounded by a red dot, that means that person is completely immune to hostility. Well, if you fire, in theory, at, he's supposed to be uh, being in combat zones. That's having been in combat zones. That's not the way it always works. <laughs> oh no, I, I know that. I know that. But that is that is international law. Okay, that is international law in, in a country like ours. That should automatically be respected 100% of the way all the time because that's something we fought a war a war for and lost hundreds of thousands of, of young men to. Right. Okay, we should respect for the fact that if they're out there with a medical bag on them, they're going to carry a firearm because that is part of what allows them safety. Okay, that is what allows them, like, say, say for instance, if he was administering medical care to a certain, to someone who maybe had been fighting against the rioters and the rioters came over and were trying to harm that person. Kyle would have had the absolute responsibility to defend that person's life while he was administering medical 
you know. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Assistance. Same thing with the rioters. If the rioters had somebody who was injured and he was administering care to that rioter and someone from the other side had come over and said, I'll just put a bullet in him and get it over with, Kyle Rittenhouse would have been obligated to defend that rioter's life. Okay, right. that's the reason for because a medic, uh, because a field medic on the ground that is administering medical care to a patient on the ground has the responsibility to protect that pres- uh, and protect and preserve that person's life. Well, I, okay, I, that, that's all for the you. medical. I agree with you. Let me point out, though, for our listeners. Okay, you've heard a lot of the media claim, oh, he wasn't actually an AEMT. Okay, this young man was here's his here's some of his simple credentials he was a what what it's a it's a police for police training for children it's basically a youth tr- police force uh what do they call that there oh junior police or something like that it's it's something like that every every county has a different one i'm not sure what our county is even called to be honest with you okay so th- he he was a member of that going through police training as a kid he was he was in training at, he was a volunteer EMT uh, in training and volunteer firefighter in training he was a lifeguard with training on uh, d- using a defibrillator CPR other life-saving techniques uh, so this kid is obviously trained to save lives so any reasonable person would would assume, hey, this kid, in spite of carrying a firearm, is there to save lives. Would, yes. Would I've, that sound accurate? That sounds 100% accurate. And let me go back to that uh, whole ambulance thing. I'm, I'm not sure if that's every town or even every, you know, every township that does it, um, but there's a lot of them that do. And the reason why they do is because they're carrying medicine in that ambulance. Right. Life-saving. But that same medicine can be used as um, street drugs, and that's that's part of the reason why. And it you know, makes it's, sense. and it totally it totally does. Now that's that's the reason for you know it it should always. I mean, and the thing is, you never hear about an ambulance getting robbed. Never hear about it. At least I don't ever hear about it. It might might happen on occasion out in like L.A. or something like that. But normally you, you don't hear about that. Right. But. They, they used to. I know that. I know that they definitely used to. They used to have sidearms on, on their hips. But nowadays, I'm not sure if they really do anymore, but I know that back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they, they always did. Because especially in areas where they could expect gang violence, it's kind of mandatory. They kind of have to carry some some sort of self-defense weapon. Right. Um, uh, now, now we are we are limited on time, so I, I, I while I want to get all the information, I don't we we can't focus on one thing too long. One of the things that, and frankly, I'm I'm gonna I'm getting ready to play a clip here in a moment of a statement that the the prosecutor uh, the prosecutor in this case made, which is a hilarious statement, but at the same time, it is a terrifying statement. So, uh, and of course, we'll get your your input on that statement. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the computer will pick it up. But here we go. You can't claim self defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self defense when you're the one who brought the gun. 
Okay, now now you're uh, that is one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard. Okay, I'll I'll say it like this. Obviously, this guy has never been in any kind of battle zone. Never been separated from his unit. Never been behind enemy lines. Okay, this guy does not understand the the position of being one person alone armed or not surrounded by hostile forces okay you take that into account the sheer numbers doesn't matter if you have a firearm if every single one of those people that was on that street that night turned against them all at once he would have been dead uh, uh, he would have been agree but let's look at it from uh, not just a combat zone perspective but just from a legal perspective i mean did this guy get his license out of a cracker jack box for crying out loud did he like mail <laughs> he in a thousand did. box tops for his for his I license mean, to practice law i've i've never heard of this da before now it could just be the the county level da um but again i'm not Again, I'm not too too familiar with Kenosha and and what their political structure is there. And believe it or not, DA is definitely a political position. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't understand Wisconsin law. He sounds like he understands Illinois law, but not Wisconsin law. And the reason why I say that is because of two things. Okay, I'm going to get to the sec- the most important portion of this on the second one. But the first one is something that they went over earlier that I think it was earlier that day about the the firearm being um, being carried by a minor. Okay. The they the judge, you know, offered to say, "Hey, let's 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 bring out the rifle and let's, let's measure it." Saying that it, you know, a, a minor can't own and this is Wisconsin law, a minor cannot own a short-barreled rifle. Right. Cannot carry a rifle absolutely true they cannot but an ar-15 an ar-15 a civilianized ar-15 is not a short-barreled rifle no you might see you might see swat teams carrying around short-barreled rifles but you don't see civilians carrying around short-barreled rifles you see civilians around the long barrel version of the ar-15 okay which is what he carried right it's it like over over 18 inches long on the barrel. That means that right at the end of the handguard is where the end of the barrel is. That's the 18-inch mark. Right. Okay, that's the short barrel rifle. The rifle he carried had an extra four to five inches of barrel on the end of that. That's obvious. I don't know how anybody could mistake that because the barrel goes all the way back to the receiver where that little ejection plate is for the, for the uh, brass to come flying out of the ri- a rifle. That's exactly how long the barrel is. It goes all the way back to the housing there. So right. LPA got that one messed up. I don't know, but he tried to use that. It got dropped. But the other portion of this is with the self-defense portion of it. He obviously does not understand Wisconsin law. Right there on the first subsection of Wisconsin law, you had the stand your ground rule. Now, the stand your ground rule, I mean, I'm going to loosely translate it for you. It's not word for word. But the stand your ground rule essentially says that if someone is impeding your path and not giving you a choice and telling you to turn away and they're they don't wear, they're not wearing a badge and they give you reasonable threat to your life, like, huh, I don't know, swinging a skateboard at your head yeah. while you're pinned down. I'm sorry. That person has just forfeit their right to draw breath. It doesn't matter if you're truly in fear of your life. The fact of the matter is, he's swinging something at you that could be used as a weapon. 
And believe me, skateboards are kind of hard, especially those ball bearings and the wheels. Oh, yeah. And the wheels themselves. I I said this in my podcast the other day that uh, the prosecutor claimed that, oh, well, whatever his name is, the skateboard guy, was not carrying a weapon. Well, a skateboard used like a club or a bat becomes a deadly weapon. You get hit, hit in the head with it hard enough, it's going to kill you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if the thing splinters and breaks, and then suddenly those splinters go into your neck, guess what? You're bleeding to death through your neck. Exactly. That's a hard wound to cover, and it's a hard wound to survive. Okay? So, believe me when I say this this DA does not understand the laws of, of Wisconsin, because right there underneath our, our amendment, right there underneath the constitutional, Wisconsin constitutional amendment, not United States, Wisconsin constitutional law, right there, subsection right. one, strictly that if someone impedes your path, it doesn't mean that you have to run and run and run. It means if they are blocking your path, if you are walking in a direction and someone steps in your path, says you can't go any further, um, and they have re- and they give you reasonable threat of your life, guess what? They have just forfeit their right to breathe. Right. They have just forfeit their right to not be shot. Okay. So therefore, stand your ground applies in this situation. Self-defense, clearly. clearly. In all three cases where he where he, he shot and killed that one person, I'm not sure exactly what happened with that first one. I didn't hear that portion of the trial, but the, but the second one with the skateboard, yeah, dude, done for. Next one, dude was lucky just to get his bicep, uh, to, to get his bicep eva- evaporated. Like, dude was lucky, and he should count himself as such. Right. Because... Kyle Rittenhouse was in the right, as far as I can tell, all three times. Now let's talk about something else. Everybody's noticed this when everybody's commented on it. Trigger discipline. Right. Discipline. And his discipline to ascertain who was going to be a threat and who was not. He'd point his gun, finger off the trigger, until he figured out if there was going to be a threat or not. And when he when he could see that there was not going to be a threat, because dude put his hands up and started backing away, guess what? Drop the barrel of the gun. Stop pointing it at the guy. Trigger discipline. Exactly. Something which the prosecutor, I might add, completely lacked. Did you happen to catch the video footage uh, of him in the courtroom with the the AR? I did not know. Actually, I see a picture right here on on my screen right here. He's got his finger on the trigger all the way. As exactly. he's pointing across the room. I, I, I also and, want to point out, and this is a mistake uh, that that actor in the shooting a couple of weeks ago, a month, a month or so ago made, okay, is he, uh, because somebody handed him the weapon and said it was cleared, he assumed it was cleared. He never cleared that weapon himself, and he's pointing it all around the courtroom with his finger on the trigger. Yeah, that's, just because there's no clip in it doesn't mean there's not a bullet in the chamber. Exactly. Doesn't mean the firing pin's been removed either. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, granted, I've got military training. I know this stuff. But if you're going to, in a crowded courtroom, pick up a firearm, especially after what happened with the actor, what was his name? Uh, uh, I can't even remember the actor's name. The actor that, that it was just recently? Yeah. Or was it an actor a few years ago? No, the one just recently that uh, that that shot two people because one of his stage one of the stage people handed him a weapon, said, "Oh, it's safe," 
and it turned out it had live rounds in it. Yeah, I I don't think that was an accident at all, but that's a whole different episode. Um, right. Yeah, but, that would be. But, that's a prime. <laughs> that's a prime example. Somebody hide, hand you a weapon. I don't care if they tell you it's it's safe. Make sure it's safe before you go pointing it around. Yeah, always always check for brass in the chamber. And that means you, you pull the chamber back a couple times, not just once, a couple times, you know, and, and you always check it, always, always, always check it. And the reason why I say that is because I lost a friend to that kind of thing. And and when I say this, it it was a screwed up situation. It really was. It was definitely not intentional. Came home from the Coast Guard on leave. And his father was a gun collector, you know, had all sorts of firearms. And, uh, I mean, heck, his favorite one was this, was this, uh, I mean, it was illegal as heck, but it was a sawed off double barrel, right? Uh, double barrel shotgun. Right. And I say and the barrel was sawed off and it had no butt stock on it. <laughs> oh, wow. It was one of them ones that you feel like a real badass when you fire. Except for the fact that it's going to tear your hand open if you're not holding it right. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but so, the thing is, is that he came home from the uh, from Coast Guard, and his his father was so excited about it. He was uh, was taking the clip out, and uh, he had it at low in his hands, and he was taking the clip out, and they flipped it upright to check what was going on with it, and jiggled the clip. And the gun went off. Oh wow! And uh, and he shot his son in the chest. Oh, that that that's terrible. Uh, that and is... that's why before you ever even try to show it off to anybody, make sure the clip is disengaged and make sure the brass is out of it. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so always. Uh, you've seen, uh, I guess on social media, you've, you've followed the trial like most of us have, um, your, your honest opinion, obviously we, you agree with me, Kyle should be, uh, exonerated on these charges. Uh, do you, do you think this, that's the, uh, the, the verdict that the jury's going to return? I wish I could say yes. I wish I could say yes. Honestly, I have no freaking idea. And the reason why I have no freaking idea, and this this is the thing that really scares me the most, is that you notice how, I mean, as far as I can tell, I ain't heard too many rumbles come out of D.C. about this damn thing. Right. Not heard a peep. Well, there's been, there's been a couple such as uh, Biden, especially when he uh, was campaigning uh he uh one of his key things on his campaign ad was calling uh uh Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist even though everybody that Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself against was white there was no black person injured by Kyle Rittenhouse but he's a white supremacist that kind of defeats the purpose of being a white supremacist if you're out shooting whites Right. 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 <laughs> you can't, I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, it, 
if 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 you're a white supremacist, why are you doing shooting whites for? Exactly. You know, like that's kind of hypocritical, don't you think? Uh, that, so that's very hypocritical. Not to mention, if you are a white supremacist and you're part of a white supremacist organization, that organization is probably going to make you regret it. Oh yeah, they're going to make you live through hell. They they might actually kill you in hell too. Right. But that's the, that's kind of the point, though, is that you know everything that Biden's ever said. I'm I'm saying just recently though, during the days before the trial, sort of like what's her face the the oh, I, I I forget what her name is uh, Waters. Remember Matthew how she Waters. was all yeah all whipping up a frenzy over the incident in, in Minnesota. Yes. I'm surprised I haven't heard about anything like that going on, to be honest with you. So they're playing this one close to the chest, and that's where I get into one of the points that I really wanna I I really want to express with this. This is all about rewriting history and and the point of it is to rewrite the future about how this country works. And that's that's what DC is really hoping. That is what the upper echelon of DC is really hoping is that they can use this as a, uh, they can, they can use this as their clarion call to um, start gun confiscation. And that's because Biden's still been looking at um, a, a, a gun czar, you know, right. doesn't have, one, but he's, he's looking at someone to be a gun czar. He was looking at Buttigieg for a while, but then he became transport minister or whatever the hell he's called, you know, um, but you know, that's that's kind of the whole point is that they're trying to to uh, cram this down our throats that that we've got to we've got to get the the injection in the arm and we got to give up our guns and we got to live under the boot heel of the of the neo Nazi society known as Democrats. Exactly, <laughs> you know, it's all about compliance, and and this is why the this trial, quite frankly. Uh, terrifies me if the outcome is a guilty verdict because I, I already foresee the left using this as a control rod, so to speak, for complete compliance. You can't defend yourself against the left. If BLM comes into your house, if it comes into your neighborhood, if it burns it down, you can't defend yourself. Legally, you are forbidden. You can't have a weapon. You can't defend yourself. You can't stand up to our tyranny. And that's exactly why the prosecutor said what he said about if you own a firearm, you give up the right to self-defense. Um, see, that's that's the one thing that, okay, you know how, how I you know follow Dan Bongino and I absolutely love his content. Right. And I wish I could someday get to the point that he is with making epic broadcasts on a daily basis on three or four different platforms. I would love that kind of future myself. Right. So I have nothing but but there's one thing that he and I vehemently disagree about. And that okay. Would be... And I about this, that police have the monopoly on use of force. I say bullshit. No, the police do not. And they should not have a monopoly on use of force. And the reason for that is not because I want chaos to reign and all this other crap that most people might think. No, it's because in the absence of law enforcement, who else needs to enforce the law but we, the citizens? True. 
And there was, I, I don't know if it's followed anymore, but there was a time when citizens, if you uh, witnessed a felony being committed, you were able to act as law enforcement, conduct a citizen's arrest. That means you could use whatever force yeah. necessary to subdue this person in order to make that citizen's arrest. And and I'm, and I'm the thing is, is that technically those times aren't gone, but technically they are. Because if you try to do the citizen's arrest things, you'll be, you'll be accused of being a vigilante. Right. So that's kind of where, where things kind of take that that uh, that nasty turn. You don't know where the line is anymore on this. And that's why they say, oh, well, now police have the, the monopoly. I'm saying, you know what? The, the vigilante laws are kind of stupid. They really are. They are really idiotic. Because when you have this crap like happen with the situation, with what happened last year, and the city was being burnt to the ground by rioters, raised to the ground i'm gonna put that word on there because raised is much more of a buzzword I, i'm sorry i'm gonna use a buzzword here but raised to the ground that's fine i because would i would say it's exactly, an accurate statement it's it's 100 accurate i mean just look at look at minneapolis the entire city burned for six months straight right like what what else do you call that that's not writing that's raising it exactly that this is, is this is true completely just leveling. Uh, I mean, it, it it was almost like watching a, an old an old flick uh, of depicting Vikings Vikings where they raise a city and loot it. Right. I mean, it's it's like watching the old old war uh, the old war documentaries of of the march across uh, Europe. Right. You know, raising cities to the ground. It's essentially what we saw last year was cities all across our country being raised to the ground. So when you have that, and then you have like the sheriff's department in Kenosha last year and the police department in Kenosha last year, the police and sheriff's office were told to stand down and disengage. True. Who else do you expect to uphold the law and protect the properties of private business owners, except for people like Kyle Rittenhouse, except for people. And the sad part is that they they were giving the uh, indication that, oh, well, you shouldn't be able to protect your property. That's something that the, that the, uh, oh. the prosecutors actually uh, we had a brought up. Of oh, that you here. can't use force to protect property. We had a few instances of, of it here in Wisconsin, an instance of it down in St. Louis. Remember those, that, that uh, um, attorney and his wife right. who were, were defending Oh, yes. Or at least who walked out on their porch armed. They weren't even really brandishing. They were just like, they were just holding their guns saying, look, you come onto our property, we're going to shoot you. Exactly. Because they had everything. Um, then we had another guy here, here in Wisconsin who merely had a gun that could be seen through the window of his, uh, window of his front porch. Okay. Uh. Had a gun in his arms as there was BLM activists outside at 2 o'clock in the morning. And cops showed up, arrested him, not the rioters. Right. Because yeah, he had a gun. It, it's becoming terrifying out there be, uh, of people cannot, I, I mean, we as a people and are supposed to feel secure in our own homes, in our own pe- persons. And that has been taken away from us pretty much by the leftist agenda. Right. 
Absolutely. And that, that, that leads me into a, another, another point that we're probably going to touch on in the later broadcast. Cause I've, I've, as you know, and I'm going to let your viewership know, I have requested a couple of more, uh, recording sessions on this, on this, uh, this, this podcast, because I enjoy it. I think it's awesome being here. Well, we but, enjoy uh, having you. <laughs> You're always a wealth of information. <laughs> that's, that's something else I, I intend on doing. So I want to give your, your listeners a, uh, kind of a heads up on uh, content they can see from me as well as on, on your podcast as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, try within the next month or so to uh, take a drive around my county. And the reason why this is important is because something that's going on at the county level, we should all be aware of, is that they are going to start increasing their taxes. And the, re- and the reason why I say that that's important is because your pr- property taxes, things like that, are controlled at the county level. The property taxes for business are controlled at the ta- at the county level, and the reason why that's that's such a big thing is because these these counties where the law is not being enforced, you know, right. you'll start to see your sheriff's office want more money for things like paid time off, you know, PTO, exactly. And they'll use the excuse, well, we've got to be more competitive. Well, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't throw your, maybe you shouldn't throw law enforcement officers under the bus. You know, just saying. Uh, that, maybe uh, exactly. Bus. Uh, and you'll, you'll be competitive. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one, uh, a couple more things. <laughs> now, I've seen reports, heard reports that allegedly the, uh, your governor has put the national guard on standby currently because of these uh these trials do you know if there's any uh foundation to those claims or i've i've heard as much myself but as far as troop activity and and all that i have not seen it um and troop activity isn't that hard to spot if you drive on any major highways you'll see convoys every now and again of military personnel right um to and for uh, to and from um, forward operating centers where they're doing you know training or whatever to their base um, up near Fond du Lac, I see caravans all the time going up uh, to the the peninsula and uh, to Upper Peninsula because they do a lot of training operations up there in the forested areas by Upper Peninsula. So I mean they're not that hard to spot, but I have not seen any real activity, and that's probably because it's all southeast of me and directly south of me because they'd be traveling from their their main base but the other thing is is that we've also got a ton of refugees here in wisconsin that's why i'm like i'm thinking that the the national guard is getting kind of spread thin because those refugees are being at these these are afghan refugees they're still here in wisconsin they've not left or fort mccoy you know that's there's that's that's where the refugees were being held for a long time right and i'm pretty because we've had long-term housing built there for a long time. It's not gone anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere because it's all brick housing. Um, so our, our National Guard is spread thin between that situation and now having to be in Kenosha. So he's said they're on standby, but that just probably means that they're at their base being notified they might have to finagle some, some crap. You know, I mean, for what that's worth, I mean, I, I don't really know exactly what that would mean, 
but basically it means they're they're being told that they're going to have to call up all their reserves and uh and and try to get everybody as like as many people as they possibly can even people who are on that that x reserve list where they're only active one weekend a month right. you know <laughs> so well, we're I talking think, about i think with the national guard that's their traditional duty is one weekend a month and and uh two weeks out of the year so during normal peace opera peacetime operations exactly. but since the beginning not been on peacetime operations exactly they've been active at the time and that's why i'm like okay so there's not really too many of those people left out there there's retirees alumni basically so they're going to call up everybody and that's if stuff pops off in kenosha which i hope it doesn't i hope everybody can just be like look if he doesn't get the guilty verdict you know what stay calm tomorrow's another day you guys can go and complain about it all you want to, but don't go burn things. Don't go burn things down. I think I think right now we have an entire nation hoping for that. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I honestly, it, it, the part of the reason this has become such a hot topic because it does affect us on a national level, and the entire nation is watching this trial, hoping that whatever the outcome is, it remains peaceful because. Let, let's be honest, most of this nation, except for the criminals and, and, and riot, the people who support the riots, don't want this country to burn anymore. Right. We've seen enough of that in the past year. Can everybody just calm down, please? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, seriously, take a damn chill pill. You know, so there's you plenty of... So you didn't sure you... get your way. Suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's called, you know, put your big boy panties on and get over it. You know, exactly. It's called being an adult. <laughs> Not to stop you know, it's, but it's just called being an adult. But as I know, because I work in the construction industry, you can be oversized and still be a kid. Yeah. I work, I work with them. Um, but to get back to the core of that that question about the National Guard, I, you know, our governor is someone who, quite frankly, shouldn't be in the position he's in. I don't think he should be governor. He got in there on a fluke because Scott Walker didn't have enough money to run for governor as well as run for president. And that's the only reason why he got in. Right. Um, we're looking at getting him replaced next year when the gubernatorials come up. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can uh, slide by until then. But he, he was like, everybody needs to, needs to be peaceful. He just tweeted it out earlier today, you know, and all this other crap, you know, Last time I checked, saying we need to be peaceful is actually a, a, a terrorist statement, according to the according to uh, you know um, what what is it uh, Homeland Security? You know, well from what Homeland we, Security. From what you know, we've seen from the left, said it, it was a terrorist statement. Right. You know, <laughs> from what we've seen from the left, peaceful means go ahead, burn down businesses, burn down homes. Oh, you're you're still just a peaceful oh, protester. So he's. <laughs> The building's on fire, but it's burning peacefully. Exactly. You know? <laughs> um, so th this guy is is uh, rather like Joe Biden. I think that there's been a lot of these older people getting into office for a simple reason is that they all got dementia. Because, quite frankly, our governor loves ice cream just as much as Joe Biden does. And that's the perfect cure. And that's the, the treatment reg regime for anybody with dementia is give them a lot. Find out what their favorite ice cream is and don't run out. Oh, okay. Like that's, that's, that's news to me. That's why they love okay. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, seriously, ask anybody who who um, takes care of people with dementia. They'll tell you. Find out what their favorite ice cream is and don't run out, because that helps them. That helps their brain remember happier times and it brings them back to themselves. That's why there are certain days where where he has loose, where Biden has lucid moments. Because I'll bet you anything, he just had a couple of scoops of ice cream. Yeah, that's how he. That's how he got through that debate with Donald Trump. So he he just got a bunch of freaking ice cream. Okay, it's all loaded. That's why his face was all was all red and stuff like that because he was all hopped up from all the sugar. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. Right. I am not joking. Oh, I I understand you're you're being serious. It's still comical though. Oh, it, it's absolutely comical. But I am not joking. That's that's literally I think the only way he got through that. Um. But because uh, our our governor has made some very 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 like you have to wonder how like if, is this guy even got a brain like last year um, when when he tried to reextend the mask mandate um, he couldn't do it because the Supreme Court told him no they smacked him down with that they said nope you're not doing it again he put out an executive order a governor executive a governor's executive order asking people just requesting. It's like, why did, why did you put out a governor's order then, like an executive order, and ask people to wear a mask? Right. To ask people to wear a mask. Like, really? Just get up on a podium and ask people. You don't put it in an executive freaking order. Like, how, how idiotic do you got to be? So, our governor... Do I see him actually putting the, the National Guard out there? I see him making statements saying he's doing so, but I don't actually see him doing it. Because after all, last year when Kenosha was on fire, he turned down National Guard assistance from the president. Right. Yeah, that's... So that kind of... That what kind, this is. Yeah, that kind of kills his credibility. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting if and hopefully when uh, Kyle is... Uh, is exonerated i think it's going to be very interesting to see how the national democratic propaganda machine that we like to call the mainstream news media uh or mainstream lie media uh chooses to try to rewrite their narrative to uh for their for their own damage control well, I, I guarantee you one thing. I guarantee you one thing about this whole situation. They're going to try to do damage control the best they can, and I don't really know, and I don't really care how they do it, because what they're going to do isn't going to affect anything um, long-term. And the reason why I say that is, is because of all the victories that we did. I, I heard about the governor's race in, in New Mexico, and my condolences on that, sir. I'm I am sorry that you guys did not well, win down we there. Haven't but, had the, we haven't had the governor uh, race yet. It was the uh, the mayoral election that we unfortunately lost. The mayor. Well, yeah. that's still Albuquerque. That's that's a powerful district. So, um, right. and the mayor makes up a lot of that power. And that's like I said, uh, my condolences on that, sir. Thank I was really you. rooting for you. Um, but uh, we have seen a lot of successes around the country with the conservative movement. We've seen a lot of victories all across the country this past election. Uh, Virginia. Flipping. And no, 
Oh yeah, Virginia flipping hardcore. That and was uh, of, that was one of the biggest victories we could have had, and and it, it's it's put the 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 GOP in position of using uh, p- restoring parental rights uh, as as oh, part of their campaign. Absolutely, and that that puts a a really really big thorn in the side of of Biden having a Republican governor right there on his uh, you know southwestern oh, border. Exactly. I mean, it's it's gonna it's really gonna put the kibosh on a lot of his future plans because a lot of his people that you know work in D.C. live in Virginia. Not all of them live in Maryland. A lot of them, you know, because that is that is considered the 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 vineyard of the um, Chesapeake Valley. Um, So that's Virginia for you. That that is. I can speak from experience because I used to live in in that area. Most of the people working in D.C. live in either Virginia, Maryland, or West Virginia. And that's also going to hamstring the heck out of the CIA, too, because that's technically in Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> so they're going to answer to the governor more than they're going to answer to the president. That's that's for sure on this one. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, governor's got to take a cut, too, you know. <laughs> right. But I, I, I think with this new Virgi- with Virginia flipping, I think I, I think coming into the uh, the midterms uh, in 2022, we're going to see a, a, a drastic uh, political shift happening. Oh, we are. And that's that's precisely what I was talking about with the previous episode we recorded uh, with the bloodletting within the party. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And the reason why I say that that's kind of important is because we're kind of going through that here in Wisconsin. We got a couple of good conservative candidates, um, but then our, our sheriff in my county endorsed someone from the previous governor's administration, who I don't really know anything about, to be honest with you, because she was never on the front doorstep of things. Which I don't have anything against, you know, women being president, uh, not not president, but the women being governor or anything like that. I really don't have a problem with that. Um, but I just I never heard of her name. Never wow. never heard of her. You know don't know what she's all about and as far as i can tell she's not really been all that much of a promise keeper and that's kind of a problem so that's that's why i'm like okay with this situation there is a particular dynamic we have to look at with this and that's who do we really want running our states and i'm not talking about democrats versus republicans i'm saying within the republican party do we want people who've been who've been captured by the system and have been part of the system for years I don't think so. Right. We don't want. We don't want that. We want. We want fresh blood within the Republican Party to be running things because anybody who's been in it too long and been captured by the system, they are not really Republicans anymore. They are establishment types because they are part of the establishment rules, and they'll do things by establishment rules. We have to change up the game in order to survive. We have to avoid stagnation, and that's that's. is all about um so we had we have a candidate up here called uh, his name is uh jonathan witchman he has a really really huge following he's got over um as as far as people that have signed the the um his registry to to get him on the list and all that which the department of elections here in wisconsin has completely ignored him but the listing of people that have actually got him you know gotten signed it for his name to be on that list of candidates is well over 
200,000 people. Nice. Across the state. And you only need 50,000. Department of Elections here in Wisconsin is ignoring him. They're not even accepting him, saying he's not going to be on the ballot. Like, right. why not? Why not? Is that because the previous deputy governor is is running? <laughs> well, that's that's the. <laughs> you never know, Tim. I I do hate to cut this short, but we're running out of time. Uh, real quick, if I can get your 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 final thoughts uh, on this uh, this Kenosha situation, and uh, maybe a, a quick. Uh, plug for your 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 show what it is when to catch it where to catch it well my my show as far as that goes it's the same place same place it's uh timothy fowdy um on uh, rumble.com just go over there i haven't put out a lot of content recently i just recorded the video today and posted it up but that'll be the first one you've seen since uh oh i want to say august that i've actually recorded and that's because been making plans and being in contact with a lot of people and doing a lot of a lot of legwork for the uh, the ground game locally as well as statewide. Um, so keep an ear to the ground for that. I, I, I've i talked with uh, Mr. Troy here about uh, doing a couple more episodes, one of them being about a tour of the county. That's going to be something big going on that I'm, I'm probably going to be involved in. I'm going to be going around checking up on exactly what our county supervisors are actually doing with our money and why we are being taxed even more. And then as far as the Rittenhouse case goes, I sincerely hope, I fervently hope that our jurors are properly sequestered and that our jurors are properly non-biased and that our jurors are also able to see through the line of BS that this DA has thrown at them. Right. And I sincerely hope for his exoneration because... He has a life in front of him. He probably was planning on going into law enforcement. He probably not Obviously. now. Uh, if he gets but, exonerated, uh, that option's still open to him. It's still open to him, but who says he'll want it at this point? Exactly. Uh, so my, my, my heart goes out to him. My wishes go out to him. I, I have nothing but the best in my heart. And, you know, Kyle, I'm pulling for you and uh, catch you all on the flip side on that one. We, we we all hope fingers are definitely crossed. Absolutely. So okay, well I we appreciate you joining us this evening, Tim, and uh, we're we're really looking forward to our future episodes with you. You're you're always a a, a fountain of information and and insight into things. So uh, we do appreciate that here. Well, not a problem, sir. No, sir, it's my pleasure. Oh, you know you don't have to call me, sir. I might be old, yes, but come on, give me a break. <laughs> you're, you're old. Come on, I have to call you sir. I call everybody sir. If I don't call everybody sir, then I can't be served myself. After all, I don't work for a living. I just stare out at the window. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. Uh, I can prove my teacher's wrong. I do get paid to stare out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... <clears throat> right? Wow. That's uh... <laughs> That's out of left field, but funny as hell, get out. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> uh, again, thank you for joining us, Tim. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up now. This has been the Rant Reloaded special uh, 
special edition uh, interview with Tim Fowerty. Um, you can catch us every uh, uh, our regular episodes every Wednesday. Uh, we post at 9 a.m. and the, the, the broadcast stage posted, so whenever you get a chance to see it, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Facebook, and we're on therantreloaded.com. So feel free to stop by and pay us a visit. Maybe visit our shop and on therantreloaded.com and pick up some official The Rant Reloaded merchandise. So this is Troy Shelby saying, if today's political climate isn't pissing you off, you're just simply not paying attention.